Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. Hey, welcome listeners. It's Kyle Maloney again from the, the Savage to Sage podcast. And I am super excited to welcome Hamish Cohen um, from Proteus Discovery Group, where he's the CEO. And he's also the founding partner of MBCB and formerly a partner at Barnes and Thurnberg. Hamish, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. All right. So tell me about your current company, Proteus Discovery Group. I have learned a little bit about it, but I would love for you to tell me and the viewers a bit more. So Proteus is a legal service provider. We do e-discovery work, which is a sort of a very broad net for companies that provide services either to law firms or to end users, gathering, producing, organizing, and dealing with electronic data and information. Usually, we work in the litigation construct. So, for example, if a a company is sued in litigation, uh, the United States permits for very broad discovery. Uh, They receive discovery requests. They have to preserve and gather tremendous amounts of data. And we do that. That's what we do. So we're kind of an interesting combination of legal service provider and technology company. We we have both lawyers and technologists and legal technologists on staff, which is an unusual combination of skills and people working together, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I mean, as I was reflecting upon your business, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, they've developed a way to collect all the data and resource it, uh, you know, effectively uh, for, for, for cases, uh, which I, I can imagine is a massive need that I'm not sure if that's been done before. So yeah, I'd be curious to know, like, is that, is that new? Is, has this technology been developed, been around? Um, because I imagine there's such a huge need for it. It is. It is new um, and constantly developing and very much in demand. Uh, When I first started practicing law uh, over 20 years ago, most of this information was in a hard copy format. And so what would happen is when there was a big dispute or a government investigation, uh, literally they'd send an army of young lawyers like myself to places like Chicago, and we would spend days in warehouses, you know, going through boxes of documents that were lightly dusted in asbestos. And, uh, trying to you know find that smoking gun and now it's all done electronically and and what's incredible is is back then we created some documents and we stored them but but now we we create billions of documents a day every text message every email every everything that we create on our smartphones on our computers it's not just word documents it's not just spreadsheets it's it's voicemails it's it's texts, it's everything. And there are billions of documents, all of which have to be preserved, uh, forensically gathered and produced, reviewed, um, and used if there's a dispute or an investigation. Um, and, and obviously that involves a tremendous amount of technology that is really developing all the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I just, when I think about the need and what you guys are doing, I'm like, of course, there should be a business doing this. I just, so um, yeah, that's incredible. And you said that you served in not just kind of, 
you know, the legal sector, but also in the business and the IT sectors as well, right? We definitely have a, a business and IT function, yes. There's, what we do is very technology driven. Um, I mean, first of all, you, you use technology to, to gather, store, process, host all of that that you're, you are gathering and utilizing. And, and more and more, you use data and algorithms to actually review and identify what is relevant or important. That often starts with human review. So, for example, if you're looking for documents relating to a specific subject matter, you, you may originally gather tens of millions of documents, um, but you'll, you'll develop and build algorithms, which will then scan those documents and start pulling out the things that the computer th the algorithms believes are going to be relevant or important. Yeah, that makes tons of sense. So you have to tell me, how, how did you come up with starting, starting this company? T tell me a little bit of the backstory. So we, we all worked uh, for big law firms, great, terrific law firms. Um, and traditionally, this work was done by, by lawyers by, in, in law firms. And, you know, like I said, 20, 30 years ago, it was done in hard copy. And these associates would go out and look at it. And we just saw a need. We saw better technology platforms being created. That, that allowed for this combination, not just of, of the legal aspects, but the technological aspects, which made the process much more efficient, much more time effective, more defensible, because you could, you could show technologically uh, the processes you were using much quicker and ultimately much less expensive. And when you have something that is, is better, quicker, and less expensive, it's, that's a good widget. That's a good widget to have and be able to take to market. So, we, 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 we saw the need, um, and, and we weren't the only people. A lot of people did, but we, we wanted to get into that marketplace. And uh, it, it's, it's a rapidly growing market, and we're very excited to be part of it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, you, looking at kind of a bit of your experience, you've been you know partner on multiple different organizations, lawyer firms previously. Um, this is This is... Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the first time that you founded a company, tell me a bit more about like what that experience was for you. Kind of like, we'll call it taking on the, the savagery of, of entrepreneurship. I think in, in a couple of words, it was incredibly exciting, liberating, and terrifying. Um, okay. Yeah, I think those, I guess that's three, not a couple. Uh, that's great. That's great. You know, we, I, I was very lucky. In that I jumped with three other people. So I have three partners. There's four of us total that, that own all of the businesses. And we, we talked about it for a while. And we were able to really, um, I, was, I was lucky in that I found people that I thought had terrific core values, great work ethics. Um, generally, they're very sensible. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're, they're good, decent hardworking people. I know that I sound like a politician now describing like the citizens of Iowa, but they're, they're, they're great guys and great people. And so that made it much easier. But even within that context, I mean, I, I had a, a job at a very large law firm. I was a partner in a big law firm and I had, uh, you know, a fair amount of, of, I had a tremendous amount of work and a fair amount of security. So leaving that to jump into the unknown was uh, very exciting and terrifying. And, and ultimately, it's been very liberating as well. It's been a tremendous amount of fun. That's good. That's good. Is there something that like kind of like forced you to kind of like make the jump, um, you know, kind of coming from the place of security, like, um, hey, you know, had accolades, like working with a, you know, large existing law firm, 
like, yeah, something that kind of pushed you to kind of make the jump? I think there were a couple of things. I think, first of all, I really wanted to be the captain of my own ship, which, which I think is at the heart of many entrepreneurs. I think many, of, many entrepreneurs would, would rather sail what is a relatively small ship to begin with than be someone who's putting coal in the boiler of a, of a massive ship. And I, and I think that, that desire to have freedom and autonomy was a big part of it. The other part, quite honestly, and they're related, is I wanted the freedom to, uh, even though I knew I'd have to work hard to set my schedule, I had two young boys at the time, and I, it was, I was, felt like I was missing a lot of things with them. And I really wanted to uh, be in a framework where I, I could choose. I mean, I might still work the same hours, but I had more autonomy as to when those hours were so I could be at their soccer match or I, I could coach them or I could go to their play or, or I could pick them up from school if need be and just things like that. And it's not always easy, uh, but having that autonomy to be more committed and more around my family is really important. Would that be kind of the liberating piece that you mentioned a bit more or is that would that be something a little bit different? I think, I think that's part of it. That's part of the, the liberating piece. I think the other thing is, is as you... As you start to run businesses, there are tremendous learning opportunities because you're constantly being confronted by new problems that you've not seen before. I, I think when you're working in a, in a, in a job, uh, and I had a wonderful job working for a terrific law firm, but it's easy to kind of find a road and just and a path and to, uh, I, I don't know if complacence is the right word, but it's, it's easy to, to find a little complacency there. And as an entrepreneur, you, you can't be complacent. There's always new challenges. It's, it's you're right, for better, yeah. for better, for worse. Yeah. It is a learning experience for better, yeah. for worse. So, yeah. We had you know? somebody that was a guest on this show, and he was like, I signed up for an MBA. And uh, he goes, what I've learned, like I took one course in my MBA program. And what I learned, you know, Everything that I learned in the first six months, I felt like was three MBA programs, you know, just like the amount. Of, <laughs> that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but like he wasn't too far off, like kind of the experience you get, you know, front action, new problems every day, having to tackle them, you know, like it's a, it's a real experience. It's not a study experience. It's in your face, you know, experience. You are- it is a constant case study, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that uh, that feeling. But without belittling anyone's MBA, which is yeah, a no, significant, exactly. significant accomplishment, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I do feel like I, I get a crash course in business on a daily basis. So. <laughs> that's great. So one of the things that we talk about, like um, typically within an entrepreneur type setting, we, we always talk a lot about, you know, burnout. We talk about, you know, in order to get a company kind of lifted, you have to just put in lots of hours to kind of make sure that it kind of is seen to kind of a sustainable um, life cycle. And so burnout can tend to be high. One of the things that I want to talk about with people that I, that I chat with is as a leader, as a founder, what do you do to invest in yourself and to kind of keep you like excited about uh, this venture that you're on. As we talked about, there's lots to kind of knock you down and kind of get you discouraged. But is there practical ways that you say, hey, here's some good ways that I can care for myself in this turbulent journey of being an entrepreneur? 
I, I think the answer is yes. And I, and I would put it in two buckets. One bucket is, is the, the, the intro work bucket. So there are things you can do as an entrepreneur in your business that I think are very rejuvenating. Um, I think one of them is surround yourself with good people. As I discussed earlier, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got three, three great co-owners and founders that I work with. And we, we work really hard, but we have fun together as well. We, we have lunch together two or three times a week. We almost always talk shop, but, but a lot of times we'll talk basketball or whatever. And I think just having those relationships is important. I think secondly within the work is, is have good strategic and tactical planning and milestones. Keep, keep, understand what you're trying to do and understand why you're doing it. And, and then set tactical milestones that are achievable that you hit. So you, you have that feeling of growth and accomplishment. And I think, I think within the business construct, that's critically important. You know, just to have a, a, an understanding of what the business is and where it's going, what your core values are. I, as a law, lawyer, I always ask my clients early on, what are your, what are your values? But not, not as, a, as people in a business. And I think understanding those things inside your, your own business is critically important. I didn't think outside of the business, self-care is critically important. For, for me, I, I'm an introvert, so I like to do things uh, by myself. I, love to, I work out. You know, I, I used to do triathlons until my knees and my ankles gave out. But just do, doing stuff that you enjoy, I think, is critically important, whatever that is. And and then and then for me also, it's just spending time with my family, which I, I know is a bit of a cliche. Again, I feel like I'm I'm running for office and I'm you know doing my, my tour of Iowa, but, but but it's 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 true, right? Of family, family is really important. And for for me, yeah. I, I find my time with my family really. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. That's great. We'll have to we'll have to talk about triathlons later. Um, I love those. <laughs> okay. Big fan of triathlons. Um yeah, it's a great discipline, I really think so. Yeah, that's great. So you talked about like kind of like, you know, your team, you know, the owners that are around you. You know, you mentioned specifically saying like surround yourself with good people. You know, talking outside of the owners like thinking about building your team and your culture within your practice, within your business, like what are some ways that you like find your core team members? Like, can you tell me some of those practical things that you use in order to kind of say, Hey, here's somebody that gets it. Here's somebody that I want to bring into my company. So, so I, I think the, the, the first part of that is understanding who you are. If you don't understand what you're doing, what your seats are, or what your needs are, what your core values are, um, what it is that you need internally and what it is you're going to provide to your clients, then you can't hire the right people. If, if you don't, you know, it's, if you don't know who you are, you know, you're not going to be in a good relationship with anybody else. Right. That's, and, and so I think it starts with, with uh, a self-analysis and really understanding uh, what it is you're doing and, and, and what it is you need those people to do. And I think once you do that, it's much easier to identify folk uh, that, that, that will fill those seats that have not just the ability, but the right attitude. And then I think once you've done that, you need to bring them in and you need to treat people fairly. You need to give them good opportunities, uh, treat them with respect. Um, you know, I think kindness is important. I, I, I'm a big believer. You, you get further with, with, what is it, uh, with carrots and sticks, um, and, and kind of build a team that, uh, that shares those values and understands the direction you're moving in and then, and then shares in your success. You know, we've, we've always, where, where, where we're successful, we really try to make sure some of that 
works its way to our team, both both on a personal and on a financial level. So they they're invested and, and they understand what we're doing and they believe in it. And, and then I guess the last thing I would say is is understand that it's not always going to work. The the worst thing I've had to do is at Proteus is is let people go. Um, but but unfortunately, there there have been occasions where that's had to happen, and, and I think that's part of this constant evaluation process of, of ourselves, of our business, of our team, and and I think that's critically important as well. That's great. So um, let's if if you're interested, would you like kind of double click a little bit on how you went about? It was a very difficult process to kind of figure out. Hey, maybe this person doesn't fit. How did you kind of go about evaluating that? Like, what were kind of some things that you learned through that process um, that you would kind of apply to maybe later on? I'd be curious if you're interested in talking about that, maybe sharing a bit more about that. Sure. Um, so I guess the, the first thing I would say is I think that's really in many ways uh, a, a last resort. So one of the things that we always really try to do is, you know, I, I think you can't help but feel like it's partly your failure as well when that happens. And it probably is. And, and so one of the things we, we really try to do is make sure people understand their roles and then and give them every tool and opportunity to succeed. And I think that's critically important. And that's, that's training. It's, it's work opportunities. It's, it's mentorship. It's a clearly defined role, so on and so forth. And, and I think sometimes um, when it, when you have all those things and things are still not, working at, at some point and, and, you, and you've, you've given people training, you've given people mentorship, you've, you've talked to them about the issues and so on and so forth. I think you've just got to realize that, that this person in your organization are not a good fit for, for whatever reason. It could be attitudinal, it could be ability. Uh, and we, we've had just once or twice issues with both. And, and I think you've just got to pull, a, pull the bandage off and, 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 and end the relationship. And, and it's not easy. And the funny thing is, when we've done it, we, after the fact, we've always been like, oh, things things are much better. Because And, and the, the funniest thing is, all if we've gotten feedback from other team members who said, basically, yeah, we can't believe that took you guys so long, <laughs> which, which is very, very interesting. So, Yeah. And I think it, it act, that in that scenario, it seems like it, it represents the owner's heart towards the situation and the seriousness in which they're taking it and kind of, you know, working through it internally is, is, is pretty much my guess, you know, kind of what happens. Yeah, I, I think so. I think on a human level, you appreciate that a job's important to somebody and that, that the cessation of employment is, is a, is a big life event. And I, it's something we take seriously as owners. So, yeah, that's great. That's totally great. This is an interesting question. Um, and I'd be curious to know if you want to speak into this or not, but like one of the things that we, you know, that I have found is that like your team helps you as a leader, you know, um, and they have the opportunity, you know, it depends if, (laughs) if I'm in a disposition where I'm a good listener or not. Um, but they actually have an opportunity just like in my family. Um, you know, my kids and my wife do a really good job at revealing stuff to me, you know? Sure. Can you tell me about things or lessons that you've learned from your employees as you've led them, or maybe some things that they're like, oh, they like helped me see this area that I didn't necessarily see prior in your life? No, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think our, our employees uh, 
teach us all the time. Um, I can give you a couple of examples. My founders and I are all lawyers. And as I said earlier, lawyers are not always the most sophisticated uh, business people. We think we are. I think we're like doctors, though. We're, 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 like, we're like cats. And leading us is very dangerous. And, and we brought on a head of marketing, and he kind of brought order to the chaos. You know, he brought, he, let there be light. I mean, <laughs> in, 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 until, until we, we brought on someone who was in charge of our marketing, our, our marketing program was really, we, we marketed Proteus like we marketed the law firm. What I mean by that is it was all relationship driven and all referrals. And which, which is very much how law firms work, uh, although they probably shouldn't. And so bringing in a head of marketing who kind of sat us down and said, this is what marketing looks like. And this is how you market a business in, in a cogent, coherent, strategic, organized manner. And that for us was, was probably a bit of a revelation. So, you know, that, and that's just, that's just one, one matter. I mean, the other thing is they're all humans and, and, just for on a human level, they, I think they teach us things all the time as well. Yeah. I love it. That was great. That was, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Oh, my, yeah. it was a good question. <laughs> so like, I just want to take a couple of minutes here and kind of do a couple of questions related to kind of like overall highlights for you. Uh, as you think about, you know, your entrepreneurship journey, what is something that you've learned through your journey as a, as a founder and a CEO? So I, I think the most important thing I've learned over time is, is to be, so this is, again, will sound like a cliche, but to, to be grateful and to appreciate ride. Um, you know, it's, we started our business, I guess, uh, over eight years ago now, which, which just blows my mind. And we, we all gave up relatively secure, good jobs and, you know, got a line of credit and started the business. And, um, at the time, I you know I, I was just hopeful we'd have work to do, and we'd be able to make make payroll, and to still be doing it eight years later is just incredible. I'm, I'm just incredibly grateful. I it's it's never easy, but it's often incredibly fun, and I'm just really grateful that I get to do this, and I get to I get to I get to be the uh, the captain of of a ship, or at least the co-captain of a ship, and I get to I get to make decisions that affect my own life. And I get to provide for my family in doing that. And it's being, being grateful and enjoying it is incredibly important. That takes some time. It takes some time to, to settle down, to get to the fact where you're like, it's the, it's, it's the experience. It's the ride that's important. It's not necessarily the event or this or that or the position or the title. It takes a bit to get settled down to that. So, yeah, I, I love that, that you shared that. I mean, I think it's, I'll call it sage advice. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to lose it in the moment. As I said, one one of the three things when I first started was a fair amount of terror. You know, when you, when you, when you get that loan and and you sign that personal guarantee, uh, it's, um, (laughs) it's a, it's an inflection point. I'm not sure I really thought about it as much as I should have. Yeah. And I, I, I think, and, and if at the time I, I probably wasn't enjoying it as much as I should have, because there, there was that element of just terror every day, but, but ultimately that never goes away. I mean, part of being an entrepreneur is, is by definition risk and you've got to be, you can't be overly risk adverse to run businesses. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
What do you think uh, for you is like kind of the best, most rewarding thing for you to come out out of your evolution? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I think the best thing about this, and to, to kind of bring it full circle, we're, of all the learning opportunities, there, there's so many things you get to or have to do as an entrepreneur. It's, it's a constant growth process. And, and, it, and it's not just business. It's not just the MBA stuff. It's not just accounting. It's not just strategic planning. It's, it's human stuff. It's, it's core values and uh, kind of taking care of, of the family that is your business. And we have, I don't know how many employees we have now, but we have quite a few employees and just be feeling kind of responsible for these employees and, and, and their success as well as our success is it's kind of a great feeling uh, being, being part of this growing, uh, growing living thing that is your business. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's the last question for you, all right? Somebody that's up and coming, like the next generation, somebody that's like, you know, contemplating entrepreneurship, what like advice would you give to them as they start out their journey? Well, I guess uh, the first thing I'd advise them is, is do it. If, if that's in your heart, if, if, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, then, 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 then that's something you should do. I, don't, let, don't let fear hold you back. I, I, think, I think the other th- advice I, I would give people is, is you've got to be, you know, to thine own self be true, right? Which from Hamlet, which was probably actually bad advice in, in the play, yet it's, but it's, think about who you are and who your core values are. I, when I first started, I didn't really think about that very much. I mean, you're, you're honestly, you're worried first and foremost about keeping the lights on, which is, which is dollar one and dollar two. But, but, but through that process too, you've, you've got to know who you are and, and build a business that reflects those values. And, and I think that's critically important. And if you can do that, it's much more rewarding. That's key. I mean, I think so much of, I don't know if I'll say my generation, but you know, there's definitely always the temptation to want to kind of say, I want to create the next best whatever. And it's, and it's really easy to kind of sidestep values and yourself in order to kind of, you know, kind of go after the idea or the evolution or the next thing. So I really appreciate that you shared that, shared that and that, like just how grounded you are in that. So that's really well, good. That's very kind. I appreciate it. Yeah, no. Uh, relationships matter and values matter. And it's, you know, I, I've, I've been very lucky, um, you know, my relationships with folks like yourselves and the folks at developer town. I mean, and I think if you, if you're true to your core values, you can build better relationships with people and, and it makes it a much more rewarding experience. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Hamish, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for people to do that? Probably the best way is just to they can email me or, or call me. Uh, it's not that hard. So my, my email is Hamish, H-A-M-I-S-H, period, Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, at, and I'll give you proteusreview.com, or um, my number is 317-614-7325. Awesome. Hamish, I couldn't thank you enough for the time on the show and um, excited for this to go live for people to kind of see it and uh, experience all the sage wisdom that you uh, shared with us today. I really appreciate your time and very, very thoughtful questions. So thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to today's interview. To view show notes or hear more episodes, please visit www.savagetosage.com.